Welcome to another episode of Care Podcast with Nisar Ahmed, founder and managing editor of an award-winning career blog, CareerMedis.com, and Eric B. Horn, founder of Eric B. Horn Career and Business Solutions. This podcast will provide you with tips, tools, and strategies to help you have the successful career you worked so hard for. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Care Podcast. Uh, If this is your first time listening to us, CARE stands for Career Advancement Readiness Enhancement. Uh, And this is your co-host, Nisar Ahmed. Uh, Just a quick introduction about myself. I am the co-host of the CARE podcast. I'm also the founder and CEO of CareerMedis.com, an online publication dedicated to helping job seekers like you. Um, What me and my co-host, Eric Bihon, who you will hear in a moment, we try to do in these episodes is we try to tackle the challenges that every job seeker faces, um, you know, whether it is writing a resume, whether it is how to prepare for an interview, how to ask for a raise and so on. And once in a while in episodes like this, what we do is we do have an expert who specializes in a subject who comes and shares their unique perspectives on that particular subject. So I don't want to take too much away from our co-host um, this is episode 19 of the CARE podcast. And to kick us off in today's expert corner, I would like to pass the baton to my co-host, Eric Bihon. Eric, please introduce yourself and also our guest, and we can get started. Hey, thanks, Nassar. Hey, everyone. This is Eric Bihorn, and I am the founder of Eric Bihorn Career and Business Solutions, and I'm also the co-host of the CARE podcast. Um, the Overall thing we do, we take pride in when the start I being career experts. However, uh, like the said said previously before we start to record, we are students of this overall craft. And we pride ourselves in, in saying that we don't know everything when it comes to career management, professional development. So when we bring on experts in a certain space, we are taking notes rapidly, as well as hoping that you guys uh, receive the, the, a tremendous amount of, of value. And this episode and this guest um, is, is one and the same. Uh, when it comes to the concept of resume and resume writing and career advancement, um, your resume should not look the same when you are an entry-level professional and as you advance in your career. However, specifically for this particular episode, we wanted to talk about uh, resume writing for a senior manager who is pursuing their first executive role. Once again, there's a certain level, there's certain things that need to be on that executive's resume that stand out, um, but some executives don't know how. So today's guest, who is a expert resume writer, will give us the best understanding on what a senior manager can do to tweak his or her resume for their first executive role. So, but first, before we even get into the actual interview, I will want to give a introduction to our guest, Amy Adler. Uh, Amy is a certified master resume writer and is the president of Five Strengths Career Transition Experts. Amy empowers executives with comprehensive career transition strategies, executive resume writing, and social media strategy that puts them first when hiring teams. Hailing from Salt Lake City, Utah, Amy is a proud winner of two, I'll say it again, two 
Tory Awards for Best Executive Resume and one nomination for the Best Career Change Resume. She has been also served as a judge in the global competition since 2015. Wow, Amy, welcome to the CARE Podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm doing great this morning. Oh, this is this is this is great. So not only are you a excellent resume writer, you have been a judge. So you've seen tons of resumes. So you can you know exactly what someone needs to tweak, change, modify by just giving it a, a quick glance, which is extremely critical when it comes to someone who's an executive or looking to fall into that executive role. Because there's a lot of ins and outs and a lot of tweaks that I'm pretty sure that their resume would need so, you know, the proper eyes can get on their, their, their resume. So, but before we get all to that, I would love for my audience, well, for our audience to gain a better understanding of you. So who is Amy Adler and how did you get started with crafting resumes for executives? Thank you so much for asking. So my original career was in editorial management. Um, I worked in book publishing primarily and did that for a number of years, uh, returned to grad school, got an MBA, and continued working in, in website content and, and that sort of thing. Fast forward a few years, um, I wanted to continue freelancing. And I wasn't entirely sure what I was going to do, but I knew it, knew it had to be a good combination of my business background and my editorial background. As a side note, a friend of mine who was a phenomenal salesperson asked me if I would help her with her resume. I didn't have particular expertise at that time, but we got on the phone. We banged out a really great resume. She got the job. She got the interview. Um, or rather, she got the interview, then the job, and, and I thought, wow, this is, this is really interesting, and, and discovered that this is an actual industry. That was about 10 and a half years ago, um, and I formally started uh, writing resumes, focusing on executives ab about 10 years ago, so now I'm in my 11th year. Um, it's funny how things happen without us realizing, and, and if I had thought about it prior to, to starting my business, um, I never would have triangulated on resume writing because I didn't know about it. I didn't know about the business um, as an industry and how comprehensive it is and what great colleagues we have out there, what great professional societies there are, what training there is, certifications, and so on. Um, I like to joke that no one as a little kid says, hey, I want to grow up to be a resume writer. Uh, but I can tell you how just how thrilled I am that I, I landed here and I'm, I'm still doing it. Um, and I, I truly have the best job in the world. And my goal is to see that everybody else feels the same way about theirs. I, I really like that story, Amy, because, uh, you know, there's a notion that people in their early 20s or just when they graduate, they need to figure things out right away, what they need to do. And uh, in, in our conversations, and Eric, you can <laughs> correct me on this, is both of us have done this podcast and most, very rarely we have come across someone and said, yes, this is what I want to do when I was 18. It's, it's, it's a natural flow. It just happens. And then they realize this is what they're excited about, what they're passionate about, and that's what they end up doing. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I know we're going to talk a lot about resume, but also in terms of career paths. Uh, I wanted, I always want our audience to keep their options open. It's never too late. You'll figure it out one day. And when you know it, 
you can build a successful practice like what you have done. I appreciate that, but I think you can also make multiple pivots. It's not just the knowing what you want to do as a 17-year-old applying to college or whatever you're doing, starting your first job in your 20s, and then staying in that role, you know, womb to tomb kind of a thing. Um, there can be so many changes. Um, and I, I think there's this mindset, maybe in our parents or our grandparents' generation, that we had to decide, and we had to know, and we had to commit for the rest of our lives. I, of course, there's going to be demands, financial demands, situational demands, family demands that say we should do one thing over another. But if those demands are being met um, on a practical level, I, I absolutely believe people should do what makes them happy. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And that's something we, uh, we try to discuss in our podcast. Uh, our entire theme is about career stagnation or how to get rid of it. You mentioned the word change, and I'd like to build on that because you specialize in executive resume writing. So let's say someone has figured it out. They are a few years into their career. They are into middle management, and they now see themselves as vying for a director or a senior manager position. So how is it different? How is writing resumes um, uh, different and what do you what do you notice some of the mistakes they make when they write a resume for that position as opposed to what they have done before so i tend to think that the jump from individual contributor whatever nature that might be to director is perhaps the hardest jump in a career to, that somebody can make um Certainly not everybody's career path is straightforward and simple, but if we could kind of take a 30,000 foot view, this is a huge watershed moment for some people in their careers because they have to shift from demonstrating that they can do something well technically to showing that they can lead. And, and making that shift on paper is, I think, harder than people um, are, are ready to, to face because it's easy to rely on, I know how to do this thing well. Let me show you how I did this very specific thing well, sitting at my desk, uh, doing the thing I was trained to do. Shifting that to, let me show you how I can influence people and, and lead uh, the direction of a strategy or invent a strategy or come up with a vision for a project, which now is more of what that executive team is going to be looking for. So the biggest mistake, I think, uh, is that, people think that they can rely on the same resume that they used to get where they are versus where they are going. Because there is such a difference in the type of role and the type of authority and responsibilities uh, that the director level or the senior manager, even sometimes, um, and certainly up to the VP level, um, there's going to be a big difference in, in what that's going to look like. And it's interesting that, that you spoke on that, just to piggyback, I also think it's a, a certain mindset and a certain, a different lens that you need to actually look at um, when you are moving into one of those type of roles, right? And the thing that, that I love what you said is, you know, as you move up, your resume isn't going to look the same, right? And I'm not sure if you have a, a lot of job seekers out there having the mindset just to say, okay, um, let me just add this particular position on here and I can keep the same format, keep the same look and things of that nature. But every time you move to a, another level in, in your career, I recommend people to get your resume redone because it's going to be that the type of position that you want is going to be looked at. Um, the resume is going to be looked upon with those type of 
eyes, meaning if you want to direct the level position, you're going to have people who are higher than the director that's looking at your resume. So you want to make sure that it's strategically aligned, not only where you work and what you've done, but even to your point, uh, show areas where people have led successfully led because you can lead in a in a horrible manner also so i really want to be clear with that have successfully led and bear fruit for the overall company so it's definitely a, a mind shift and you have to look at things from a from a different lens so actually that's a, a great segue in, into our next question because when it comes to constructing the uh, resume when it's when you're trying to go for a senior manager or executive level role what is the most crucial section on the resume to be considered for their first senior manager or executive level position i appreciate this question so much um, and if it's okay i am going to take it to the thirty thousand foot view and then bring it back down to the, the actual piece of paper um, the thank you the the most important strategy behind a resume is knowing what you want out of it. So one resume isn't going to satisfy five different targets. So if somebody can say, I want to approach a director level position in this type of industry, in this type of function, the narrower they are in their focus, the better the, the messaging of the resume is going to be. Hence, the most crucial pardon me, the most crucial section on that resume is going to be the first third of the first page. Um, I call it the billboard. Um, some people call it headline and branding statement and that sort of thing. But overall, it's the section that if your audience, if the, if the job seeker's audience only reads that section, they will know everything there is to know about you, about your background, your goals, your mission, your passion, what your expertise is. And if they read the rest, it's gravy. It's expertise and accomplishments and, and all the history of what the person has done. But if they only read the first section, they're going to know exactly what they need to know about you. And if they want to know more, if we're writing this, so um, it's, a, it's a compelling document and we compel them to read more, then we have won the game because inevitably, Hiring teams are going to spend about, generously, let's say, 20 seconds on a resume to start. And if we can get them to engage by saying, we know what you want, we as the job seeker or the resume writer, we know what that hiring team wants, and we're giving it to you, and we want you to read more, and we've thought about all the things that you have, are, are thinking about and asking for and uh, demanding in the ideal candidate, if we're giving you that already, in just this top section, you can be sure that what follows, what we have already framed that follows is going to support this, this kind of messaging. And that is truly winning the game as a job seeker. That's, that's interesting because even though you, your main focus is executive resumes, I'm pretty sure that this billboard that you talk about can be applied to, you know, other levels of resumes also because while you were saying that I instantly thought about my resume to say okay well you know what can I modify or tweak so when someone looks at the you know you said the first third which is a very small section of, of, of the resume which makes sense how much 
information, how much critical information or impactful information that I can put in that section for the hiring manager or whoever to say, okay, let's bring, let's bring them in for, for an interview. Uh, that's a key strategy, uh, not only for, you know, executives, but also job seekers, because you're right, 20 seconds max when it comes to looking at someone's resume. It used to be 30 seconds, but the mass is tons and tons of, of resumes are these, these hiring managers are seeing tons and tons of resumes every single day, and they don't have the luxury to spend five to 10 minutes. So you definitely have to capture their attention in the very beginning. And I just love the fact that you, you know, you call it the billboard because the billboard, you want to make sure that when someone takes a look at it, they have the best understanding of, you know, what's on the billboard in a short period of time. So that's, that's great advice. Yeah, I want to add to that as well very quickly. And that's so true because I'm glad you touched on that, Amy, because um, there's so many statistics out there that says uh, five seconds, six seconds, 20 seconds, where you only have one shot at making your resume stand out, but nobody really talks about which part you can make it stand out. And I think you probably are the first ones, like I've spoken to said that it's the first one third. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did, I did that. And uh, for anyone listening, I think that's really key because uh, I've seen, I've been on the other side as a hiring manager as well. I've seen resumes that are three pages, four pages, one page, two page, but you are right. Now that I think of it, it's the first few section that actually makes me want me want to read further. So that's really, that's a really key point that is worth mentioning over and over again. So if I could build on it too, Sure. That billboard is the framing of the document. And the expectation is that every line that follows supports that, that messaging so that we're, what we're doing for your audience is telling them what to think. We're telling the hiring team what we want them to think about this candidate or what the job seeker is, is presenting. Um, so if a job seeker says, this is who I am and what I do and what I'm good at and what my values are, and, and where I want to land um, without, by the way, stating the inevitably um, self-centered objective. Um, if they say, this is who I am and what I offer, the rest of the, of the document should support it. Um, it's a terrible analogy, but if you think about the high school five paragraph essay, this is your thesis statement. This is the first paragraph that says, this is what the rest of the resume is about or what the rest of the document's about. And if we are, lucky enough to have the hiring team read beyond the first third of the first page, they will already have the mindset that we have provided them um, so that they can think about this individual's candidacy the way we want them to understand it. And I think that's really important because we're not letting them make decisions about the candidate, um, about their expertise or what they've done um, wholly on their own. We want to spoon feed them and give them as much as possible um, in, in terms of, of framing the individual's expertise and um, passions and candidacy for this particular opportunity. So a lot of thinking goes ahead of it before we even write so that this messaging is clear all the way through. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's a more of a proactive approach. So thanks for highlighting that. Um, moving on, I, wonder, I wanted to build on a blog post you recently wrote on your website. It's called Resume is a Team Sport. And... Um, uh, frankly, resume writing is not a skill that a lot of people are not good. A lot of people are good at because they do it once in a while. It's not like once, even, even it's not a once in a year thing or once in a few years thing. 
So that's the reason, you know, um, experts like you exist. And so I'm curious, I mean, when, when someone starts working with you, let's say someone is a, in a transition, um, what is your process uh, before you help them come up with a solid resume? What's your process when working with them? There's so much to be said for getting on the phone and feeling out one another's communication style and goals and working style, um, what their needs are, what their expectations are, and, and getting a holistic view of what the relationship is going to look like. Um, in my case, I will say part of what I do, so I'm more of a consultant than a coach. So as much as clients will have to do some work, I think of it as a done-for-you service. So my, my vision for these kinds of interactions are, can this person step up, do the things that have to get done, do the data download and the knowledge transfer so that I can deliver them without relying on them really at all during the process um, at that point, deliver them a document that is going to support their goals. So it has to be a a mutually agreeable relationship, not adversarial. They have to, we have to, both of us have to see one another as um, a partner in the process because we can't do the work independently. We can't, it can't be one-sided. It has to be job seeker plus resume writer. Um, and, and maybe that's the team, um, at least at that level. And there's so many resources that we can bring to bear that we have coming from our individual backgrounds. The individual job seeker knows so much more about themselves than anybody will ever know. And I hope that I bring a great deal of resume writing expertise um, so I can frame all the things that they're, they're telling me in a way that their audience will understand and, and um, digest easily. So what's a, a, a really deep dive, hands-on approach? It's not just, okay, you fill out this form. Um, then I'll type and make your resume look pretty and boom, done. I love the fact that you kind of integrate yourself uh, within this this person because you are representing him or her, but more importantly, you want to make sure that you have everything that, that, that you need on your end as opposed to just, okay, I need my resume updated. So I love the fact when you said you're more of a consultant than, than coach because I mean, at the end of the day, you you know, this, what you're constructing for this potential executive could be a game changer. It can be a career changer. So you, you can't take it lightly. So I love the fact that you are so, and I hear a lot of passion, a lot of passion. And the passion is you want to create the best product slash outcome for that person so they can uh, land the job that, that, that they claim that they want. Right. And that's a different level of resume writing. Right. You, you, you're, you're engulfed in their, in their overall world, especially when we learn about communication styles and, and things of that nature, because to your point, all of that plays a part when he or she would actually get that executive role. So you want to make sure that when they, when someone looks at that billboard and so forth, you're writing the resume on their behalf, but it's, like they're the ones that are that are writing it, which is, which is great, and that's why we wanted to highlight what your your process is. So anyone that's listening to this podcast episode and they're interested in working with you, which would be a great segue into the next question, you you understand that 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 Amy is the the real deal. You want to make sure that she's vested in you. It's not just a one sided piece where you and just invest. Um, 
X amount of dollars and she just spits out a, a resume. Um, from what I'm hearing, you want that person that you're working with to accomplish what, what they want when it comes to their resume, which is huge. That alone, you know, separates you from a lot of just, you know, resume writers who just stand behind their computer and, and type away. Um, and the last question, um, which is the, the, the one that I've been waiting for, um, not only are you an executive resume writer, you are a business owner, but you are also a podcaster, fellow podcaster. And to even go more deeper, you were a part of the max list for 2019. So congratulations. That was another reason why Nassar and I wanted to reach out to you, because if you're on that list, you are an expert in, in what you do. But you know, I've listened to a couple of episodes. I love the episodes, but for our audience, can you kind of give a, a better understanding of the, of two things? One, the job search podcast. And if there is anyone, and hopefully they are, that wants to work with you on their resume, um, tell the audience more about your career strategy services. Thank you for both of those. Um, the Job Search Podcast uh, is 60 plus episodes now, bite-sized, maybe no more than about 10 minutes a piece, uh, bite-sized episodes, very focused topics um, around job search, not just resume writing, but certainly about that, but all about all aspects of job search. Um, I imagine that people want concrete advice, so that is what I have um, strived to to deliver is, is this is what you need to do. Here's the, the technique, the solution to the problem that you're facing, and this is what you can do about it. Um, I didn't want those to be long drawn out um, uh, episodes, honestly, because I wanted them to be um, train ride episodes or car commute episodes uh, that people can, can easily finish in a, in a short amount of time. Um, I've gotten a lot of good feedback, um, and I'm glad because it's a labor of love, as you know about podcasting. Um, you put it out there and you hope people are listening, um, and it warms my heart when people do listen and call up, I'm sure as, as you feel the same, when they say, hey, I listened to this episode, I had to reach out to you. Some people just write me messages, honestly, and say thanks, which is also very heartwarming because um, you never know when you put it out there who's going to be listening. Um, if I could also make a separate pitch for uh, This Is How I Hire podcast, it's in its nascent stages. This is an interview style podcast, um, a lot longer, more in depth. Um, I interview executives about their hiring styles. Uh, I thought that this is the black box, the Pandora's box that we have to open as well, um, because we don't know, even resume writers, career coaches, don't 100% know what hiring executives think as they're going through the process. So I wanted to peel back that, um, those layers and get inside people's heads. So four episodes up so far, um, we're, we're making more as we speak. Um, so please check that one out as well. This is how I hire. No, I love that. Oh, that's, I think, yeah, I love that too. It's a great idea, right? Because we r rarely get to hear from the actual person doing the hiring. So it's a brilliant idea and, um, you know, wish you all the best on the new podcast as well. Thanks. It felt like a really huge missing piece. And <laughs> I thought, well, maybe I contrib can contribute to that. Well, no, it, it, it is because you're, you're pulling back the, it, it seems like based off of my experience, when I would talk to, to executives, um, the, the C-suite is always that, that place that everybody wants to go, but no one knows how to get there. Only the individuals who are part of the C-suite. And 
as we all know, is a lot more that comes with it than your, your, your resume. You know, you have to have the right fit, the right culture. It's a lot of moving parts, right? But for you to fill that void, because these are executives that are telling you they're hiring tips, hiring secrets and things of that nature, because everyone is different. Once again, as you get, go higher and higher up in your career, the level of interviewing or the, the, the actual overall selection process is a lot more strategic than most people think. And with you, you know, highlighting this and getting this information straight from executives is, is huge. Um, I wrote, I'm definitely going to listen to the couple of episodes uh, this afternoon because I don't, me personally, I'm not 100% sure if I want to become an executive, but I'm pretty sure that those nuggets and those tips and those strategies that your guests are giving you can, can be applied in a, in a lot of spaces, right? Which is, which is great. But once again, it pulls, and it's also a, a twofold because you're getting executives, um, you know, on the show, more executives will probably want to listen to it. And hopefully those can be turned into to clients. So um, this is it's a great concept. I'm pretty sure the content will be great and it should open the door for a lot of, you know, a lot of other executives to maybe even possibly come to you for your, your, your services. So, which, which is great. I'm sorry. Did you have anything to, to close out? Yeah. I just uh, wanted to ask uh, Amy, uh, we have covered a lot of ground here. Um, before we wrap up any last words, any piece of advice for the audience that you would like to share? I think my highest level advice is always run to, never from. So run, you, you may in your heart want, as a job seeker, want to leave your role. That may be a, a foundation to, to everything that you are doing in that moment in your job search. But if you can figure out what drives you, what your passions are, what all the parameters of the ideal role should be, you will stop running from and inevitably start running to the absolute perfect role for yourself. I, I think that's a great advice. Um, it's a great way to wrap up the interview as well. I always like to leave things on a high note and I think <laughs> you've really done that. Um, Amy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing about uh, your passion and advice for job seekers and uh, executive job seekers. And of course, what me and Eric always do is we add the ways to get in touch with you, your podcast, your website in the show notes when this goes live. So thanks for joining us. And on behalf of myself, Eric, um, to, this is for our listeners. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to you joining us in our next podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to this episode of the care podcast. Have a topic that you would want us to talk about? Reach out to us via Twitter at CareCareerCast.